The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Joining us on the program now is retired Navy Admiral James Stavridis, former military commander of NATO and a Bloomberg opinion columnist. Admiral, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, And it's nice. I think we can start on an optimistic note here. Um, This piece that, that you've written for Bloomberg, China thinks 50 years ahead, can the U.S.? It seems like you have an idea that things are about to change and that you're optimistic, particularly because of the creation of this new House Select Committee on China, headed by Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin. Explain why you think this could mark a change in long-term thinking. Well, China is one of the very few issues upon which there's real bipartisan agreement. I think the other one, by the way, is Ukraine, and perhaps we can talk about that in a moment. But uh, this idea that I think both sides want to put a serious effort into creating a long-term U.S. strategy for dealing with China is quite signal. And in particular, it's led by a a very impressive, relatively young 38-year-old congressman, Mike Gallagher, uh, who is a Princeton undergraduate, a Ph.D. from Georgetown, a combat veteran, a U.S. Marine in the forever wars in Iraq. Um, really an impressive individual. The key is going to be whether that committee can be sufficiently bipartisan. I think it can be to really create a long-term look at how we ought to approach China. What are the elements of an effective long-term strategy towards China? That's the key question, and I'll give you five. One is military. (laughs) What are the military systems from unmanned to space to special forces to artificial intelligence. Another one is diplomatic. How do we construct the best diplomatic approach combining allies, partners, and friends from Japan to India to Singapore in the region? I'd say number three has got to be economic. How do we balance the trade and tariffs in a way that Uh, creates a level playing field between these two countries. I'd say number four is uh, cultural, informational. How do we talk about ourselves, our diplomacy? How do we counter the authoritarian moves out of China? And then fifth and finally, maybe most important, is tech, technology. Mm -hmm. How do we construct how we deal with chips, 
how we ensure that we win the race toward artificial intelligence. I think all of those need to be blended together in this strategy. Admiral, is it inherently more difficult for democracies to to plan out over, say, 50 years in that leadership changes sometimes every four years? It does. And you put your finger on a, a significant challenge for the United States and for other democracies. Exactly as you say, democracy changes and the direction can shift pretty dramatically. Um, whereas in an authoritarian country, someone like President Xi, he's 70, he'll probably be around at least another 10, 15, maybe 20 years. He can keep his hand on the tiller. On the other hand, the vibrancy of a democracy that brings new ideas forward, that allows us to reinvent ourselves, is also an advantage. Bottom line, I'd rather have the hand of cards as a democracy. <laughs> Winston Churchill said, democracy. Yeah. It's the worst form of government, except for all the others. I'll <laughs> yeah. go with that. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Um, if we want to unpack some of those five pillars individually, um, let's take militarily, for example, what would sure. be needed as part of a long-term plan. Uh, but there's risks attached as well in terms of potentially starting an arms race. There is, but let me, let me tell you, China is already embarked on that. They are building ships, warships, much faster than we are. The Chinese Navy is 350 significant warships. We have 300. China is expanding its uh, nuclear strategic forces. Um, China is expanding into space. We still have a lead, by the way, in many of these areas, but that race is already in progress. The reality is we've got to move forward, and I would put three things at the top of my list unmanned vehicles to include space, by the way, but also drones, as we see in Ukraine, number two, I think artificial intelligence, cyber security. And number three, this one may surprise you, special forces, hmm. elite teams, SEALs, Green Berets, but also elite cyber warriors are going to be part yeah. of this. We need to keep moving forward on that military pillar. Admiral, just today, Bloomberg reports an extensive outline of, of China building up several unoccupied land features in the South China Sea near the Spratly Islands. And in our story, we cite Western officials and, and have satellite photos that show that fishing fleets operating uh, as Chinese maritime militias have been carrying out construction activities uh, in four features of the, of the Spratlys. Now, a listener who knew you were coming on the program texted me, hoping that I could ask you if the world has decided that the occupation of the Spratleys is okay. No, we have not. And you're going to continue to see uh, Western maritime powers to include the United States, our allies like the British, the French have signed up to this, the Australians, the Japanese. We're going to drive our destroyers right through those contested waters in the Spratlys. And by the way, it's not just this small group of islands. China claims the entire South China Sea as territorial waters. This is a land area, Brian mm. and Paul, that is half the size of the continental United States. We're never going to let China simply claim that huge land area, and we're going to continue to contest these waters. Um, this is not okay. And you will see the West push China very hard on the South China Sea. 
Yeah, it's not just the South China Sea that's disputed as well. I mean, just today there's a report in the Times about India moving an unprecedented number of troops uh, to the border with China and Arunachal Pradesh. What can the Quad do in situations like this? Yeah, the Quad, for those who aren't uh, in this on a minute-to-minute basis, is Japan, United States, Australia, and India. And those four nations, the Quad, are collectively combining their security, their diplomacy, not a formal alliance, but working together to create a counterweight to China. It's very important that the United States, Japan, and Australia, the other members of the Quad, provide support to India in this dispute, which is getting pretty serious in the Himalayas at the very top of the world. Yeah. In your piece uh, that we've been uh, referring to uh, in this chat, um, you, you gave a, a list of books that people should should read uh, to learn more about this. Uh, maybe I would add one. Uh, it's called 2034, A Novel of the Next <laughs> World War, written by you, um, along with Elliot Ackerman. And, and the reason I started off the interview by saying, you know, I'm making a big deal of, let's start off on an optimistic note, is that it's a pretty dark theme that you have in that book. It is. It's a novel set in the year 2034, hence the title, 2034, a novel of the next world war. And, of course, it's about a war with China. But here's the optimistic note. Um, The book is intended not as predictive fiction, but rather as cautionary fiction. The idea of the book is to outline how a war could start, how the U.S. and China could stumble into a war. And by the way, It begins in the South China Sea with a scenario set in a freedom of navigation patrol very near the contested island features we talked about. But here's the point. If we construct a plan, if we deter China, if we work with allies, partners, and friends, we can, in fact, avoid stumbling into a war. That's why it's so important that we create a coherent plan ultimately to deter China. Bottom line, look, the relationship with China is difficult. We're going to have to bend it. We want to be careful we don't end up breaking it and ending up in a war with China. I'm I'm told by our bureau chief in Taipei that people aren't that worried about China invading Taiwan. In 20 seconds, should they be? Um, I have one word for you, Ukraine. People in Hmm. Kiev 10 months ago often said, we know the Russians really well. They're not actually going to invade. How did that turn out? Yeah, it's a cautionary tale. Admiral, thank you for joining us. A good chat. Retired Navy Admiral James Stavridis, former military commander of NATO and a Bloomberg Opinion columnist. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.